Adam LaFondra places it into that bottom corner and the Cove celebrates. A great win for the A-League women's on the weekend in the Sydney Derby, but the attention unfortunately taken away uh, by another winless game for the A-League men's. Uh, 2-0 loss to Central Coast Mariners up at Gosford, the Osprey's Nest. A little nod to Destruction in the Box podcast there. Um, boys, let's get straight into it. No, no long and winding uh, introduction tonight. Um, as I said, great result for the girls, two from two. Uh, meanwhile, um, the boys, uh, we're struggling. We're, we're absolutely struggling. Um, and I, I think we should uh, spend a fair bit of time tonight talking about that. Sad but true, Jono. Um, I'm trying to... I, people will probably see me as a bit of a pessimist, but I'm trying to see a glass half full and trying to, you know, Gauza came out on... Uh, Twitter, I think a reply to a post of Danny's or somebody's on Instagram just said, like, give Stevie a bit more respect. You know, it's a couple of grand finals, premierships, toilet seats, blah, 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 blah. You know, I don't think it's, I don't think we're going to hear chance of Corica out or booze at halftime and full time yet. But that finger, it's, it's hovering over the panic button. Jules, how, how are you feeling, mate? Uh, pretty, yeah, I think we're pretty all, we're all pretty disappointed with just the way it's gone. I think for the players and, and all the coaching staff, to be fair, would be, would obviously be disappointed with the start to the season we had. I mean, four games winless. We've managed to score within 90 minutes. Yeah. Once. One, two goals, one from open play in four yeah. games. Which is What's a bit not, of a joke. It's not each time four. Massa uh, carry the wire. Uh, um, yeah, that's pretty not good. Look, it's it's not it's not good no matter no matter what the uh, you know our poor math skills are. The algorithm, uh, the algorithm yeah. turns up. Um, it's not good, uh, and and obviously we'll we'll deep dive into that uh, that match and and where we think that's sitting at the moment. We'll try and uh, try and pull some positives out of that. Um, one positive was in the last week, since uh, you fine gentlemen did a pod yourself uh, last week, we did have a cup win in the round of 16 to make the quarterfinals yet again, um, a win over MacArthur, which we'll talk about. Um, just want to do a quick shout out once again to Arrow Sport, who, who continue to sponsor the pod, uh, our wonderful patrons and, and some former guests should have received a little gift from us uh, this week. If not, it's uh, it's in the post and, and hopefully that arrives very soon. And again, that's in, in partnership with Arrow Sport. Uh, and, a, and a big shout out this week to uh, Michael Chetcuddy, um, who's who's made a one-off donation to our, to our Patreon uh, through the PayPal account. So thanks very much, Michael. Uh, honestly, uh, we're, we're overwhelmed with the support that we get from, from all of Sydney FC fans and, 
um, you know, the listeners to this podcast, it, it does make getting up for these harder weeks uh, a little bit easier um, when you know you don't have to fork out the money out of your own pocket to pay for uh, distribution. So, uh, again, thanks. Thanks very much, uh, Michael, and, and, and to everyone for doing that. Um, Sean, why don't you take us very quickly uh, around the grounds and, and give us a bit of an update about the last uh, Sky Blue week that was. Speaking of quarterfinals, we're up against the Brisbane Raw. Funnily enough, it's 11th versus 12th place. We find themselves... <laughs> cellar dwellers. Battle of the cellar dwellers. Oh, gosh. Positive, guys. Positive. Um, <laughs> Wednesday, 22nd December, 7.30, down at Cogra. So that's uh, next week. It was funny, like, we won the MacArthur game. I was like, oh, I think I'm going to go. And, and then we didn't do well on Sunday. I'm like, well, maybe I'll watch at home. Um, <laughs> okay. So anyway, uh, but do get down there, um, support the Cove, get there and, and cheer on the boys. Um, hopefully maybe a win there, a win on the weekend might be the injection and a bit of momentum that we need. There was a bit of clickbait, a bit of fake news, fake news. That's uh, my Donald <laughs> Trump impersonation. Terrible. Like... John, we had a chat about this um, on Sunday and uh, in terms of Danny Townsend stepping down and moving away from CEO as um, Sydney FC and totally focusing on his role as APL chairman, like, and then people started going, like, as if it was, like, somebody had died in the family, like, oh, my God, Danny's leaving yeah. and why hasn't he told us and this is not good communication with the club. I'm like... You, you've always got to... You've always got to just take some um, some forms of media a, a little bit sceptical until it's widely reported by a platform that's a bit more reputable, like a, a Vichigari or yeah. Morning Herald. Fabrizio. Or, yeah, Fabrizio. No, that's right. <laughs> um, uh, I won't name the, the author of that article because um, I've got a bit of a vendetta with him. But... Um, uh, as does Danny Townsend, and, and I tell you for sure that um, if Danny had made the decision, or if the decision had been made, uh, that in, that person in particular that, that wrote that story would not be the person that got it uh, given to them. So, yeah, just just we just got to be a bit careful. The, the the funny thing is, this will happen. Yeah, it's a matter of time. This, this will happen. <laughs> yeah, sad but true, and yeah, and good good on him as well. We'd be sad to see him go because he's brilliant, but, you know, it, it, I think it was like when we were interviewing Ryan and, you know, we were saying, like, he, he deserves to go overseas if he so chose so chose to. Um, same with Danny. So um, all the best if that time does come. It's like, you know, hope it's, yeah, it's right. like that the sun's going to rise. Like, it's going to Let's hope that there's, you know, there's a succession plan in place. Um, mm. I'm sure they're already working on it. I'm sure the club has already... Um, knows that this is going to happen one day or another and, and I'm sure that Danny will give them plenty of notice um, he'll probably he'll probably even hire his replacement to be fair and and make sure that they're set up uh, and the club is set up for continual success when when Danny does move into the APL role full time if, if that's what he wants to do we're assuming that's what he wants to do um, and, and he's more than capable he, he's done a stellar job um, whether you agree with everything the league's doing or not um, they're, they're delivering on what they've what they've said and, and you can't ask for more than that uh, so like I said just everyone just just chill just chill it's all good um, it'll happen, but but it doesn't seem like it's happening this week. So. You know, it's maybe a certain HR manager might step into the role uh, 
you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually, no, I better not say that. <laughs> yeah. Very happily employed. Thank you. Okay, well, that, that, <laughs> that reporting that you're going for the job. Yeah. <laughs> um, Confirmed, yeah. Uh, look, something that came up on, on, on Twitter every night with Paul Reed donating blood, which is, really? I wouldn't say close to my heart, but a little side note, I thought it was absolutely wonderful to see Reedy um, donating blood there at Lifeblood. Um, it is such a simple thing to do, but God, it's so significant and, and helpful and effective in other people's lives. I, I don't want to make myself out to be like Mother Teresa, but I donate uh, blood and, and plasma every two to three months. You can donate blood every three months and plasma every month. Um, and I think it's important that people do, or even if it's just once in their life, because you can literally help like half a dozen, if not more people with your donation. Um, for those who can't have the time to donate to charities and spend an evening or a day helping out a charity, popping down to Lifeblood, and there's plenty of locations in Sydney, whether it be Townhall or Hunter Street, heading down and, and just spending an hour in the chair donating some blood or some plasma or some platelets. Um, I, I very much encourage people to do so. So good on reading to do that. And who knows, maybe, you know, at the end of the season, we can see all the players there doing it. Yeah, absolutely. And no, it was great for Reedy to to tag the the leagues and the club in that. And uh, even our little retweet got some attention. So hopefully that that helps the cause, um, Shawnee. So yeah, good good to see Reedy. Um, Reedy's got to be one of the longest serving behind Steve Corker, I think, at the club now. He's um, yeah. he's he's been there uh, for a very long time and and still doing a great job behind the scenes there. And uh, just on a quick note, this all was coming to air as we rocked up at Gosford, Jono. Costa, mm-hmm. broken fibula, six weeks. Any inside, any 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 word on that, Jules? You, you, have we, uh, have uh, no, I haven't got the call, call up just yet, uh, Jono, but, um, you know, Steve, I am I am available, just, just so you know. I can put the ball in the back of the net, which is probably more than what Costa could say. Uh, at times, uh, no, I'm just joking. No, it's it's look, it's 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 a shit go. Um, obviously, with with that, he just can't catch a break this year in the off season. No. You know, he's you got to feel for him because it looked like he was going to make. Um, he had gastro, was it? Yeah, yeah, and which kept him out. But um, I don't know. Did do we know how he did it? Like, was it at training or? I mean, I'm you can only assume he had training. He, he played. Um, he played at least forty-five in the cup match. Um, yeah. Didn't there was no reports or, or anything out of that that said he he hurt himself. Um, uh. So yeah, I, I'm going to have to say it was in training. Um, Falling off a ladder at home or something like. That. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> hopefully, not, hopefully not tripping over the kids. Uh, a la, a la David Kidwell a few years ago for South Sydney. But On the boy bitch in the shower. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Racing down the course, though. Yeah. Uh, but hopefully he has a speedy recovery because, in all seriousness, I mean, look, we need an injection or something in the squad. And yeah. as much as we give him shit, I mean, he did score, was it, nine or ten goals last season? Yes, probably should have had more. And But the back end of the year, he was pretty good. He looked busy. He looked all right in the yeah. cup as well. Like, I was I was, um, uh, I was, was really happy to see, see him perform. And get back in, like you said, Jules, and, and just a bit of an injection. Um, so, yeah, it's a big shame, and and it's it's going to test the depth. Um, one thing it will, one thing it sort of, I guess, solidifies is that we'll probably do some business in January. I, I, I dare say. 
if we weren't going to before. Yeah. All right. Speaking of FFA Cup, we had a 2-0 extra time win over the Bulls, our arch rivals down in the southwest, by um, two defenders bagging the goals in uh, Donicky and, and Harry van der Sark. Um, impressive. Great, you know, Donicky getting his, his first proper start with Sydney FC and scoring on debut. A um, little bit of rotation in, in the starting lineup, obviously with Donicky starting, and that was probably the main one. And, uh, you know, obviously with, with Grant being out, Harry starting there at right back, I personally would have liked to have seen Callum Talbot, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, boys, I know it's like almost a week ago now. It will be a week once this pod comes out in the morning. Um, but, Jono, you, you were saying something. It was a better team performance. It was a bit more going forward, a bit more activity. We looked better in the final third. I I was one of about 1,200 people there, I think, um, last Wednesday on a pretty ordinary ordinary Sydney day. Um, And, yeah, midweek and and getting to Cogra in peak hour is, is just an absolute punish. Um, so well done to everyone that, that, that turned up to that game. Um, I was uh, I was a grandstand wanker, so I, I did stay out of the elements, which was great. Um, so, yeah, look, look, the, the difference I said and, and then extra time as well on midweek, I mean, it should be illegal. Um, the, the, the boys looked... They looked a lot more cohesive and, and, and the, the attacking third... We, we actually, there was quite a bit of movement, um, presenting options uh, and just just work effort, um, which we which we haven't seen a lot of. And, and so, unfortunately, it seems like we went back to our old ways um, on, on Sunday up at Gosford. But, yeah, I just, from my from my vantage point, um, we, we certainly dominated the fixture. Could have, should have scored quite a few times. Um I thought Van der Sar was was exceptional. Um, sure, mm-hmm. he yeah. was he was probably the difference. Um, oh, oh, that's um, a stretch. Added added a lot of energy um, down the right flank, and and he's done something that that Buster um, hasn't been doing all year, and that was find width and actually get up and down the sideline. Um, Multiple times, multiple times. Yes. It was a um, it was a significant improvement on his on his um, Sydney Olympic turnout. I will agree with that. Um, and he got and he got his reward in in the hundred and nineteenth minute, no less. Uh, again, bombing on down the right hand side after playing hundred and twenty minutes. So, um, I thought I thought uh, Donicky was impressive as you well. You can see why he would have his nose out in front of Warland. Yeah, I think so. Um, Jules, what did you make of what did you make of Big Donks? Yeah, look, I thought he was pretty impressive. He looked pretty assured at the back. I don't think he probably come up, came under a lot of stress uh, just from the way that the Bulls True. probably approached the game. And we kind of alluded to the fact that they may do what they indeed did, which is sit a little bit back and sort of yeah. soak up a bit of pressure and hit on the counter. Um, you know, and it's, I think I agree with with you, uh, Jonathan. I think co- we looked we looked a lot more cohesive overall, and um, you know, sometimes it is you know, despite obviously our shortcomings this year, 
you sort of look at the the way the ball's played in that sort of more negative and defensive minded yeah. way that it is hard to obviously break down defenses when they're sitting so so deep yeah. in their own half. So um, you sort of take that with a with a pinch of salt. And in the end, I think it's just we got to adjust desserts in terms of the yeah. pressure that we applied over the over the game. Effort, like I said, effort's the key word. I think, and Alfie was another one that. He, he just did not stop working. He did not stop running. Um, there's quite a few blokes in the in the men's team that can probably, you know, take a leaf out of his book um, for the season, um, whether that's whether they're allowed to or, or they've been told not to. Um, but but Alfie was impressive. They were the three standouts for me, Sean. Um, well, that's why I like the Alfie Wood combo up front. They're, they're direct. They play like a man possessed. They look to press and get in the faces of the opposition. So... You know, maybe there's a bit of promise with those two going forward. Both of them. Um, both of them. Oh, sorry, Sean. Just one more point. Both of them as well. Clearly, they've got that experience and the organisational skills, which which you know we we need. And um, you could with the with the lack of crowd and and the sort of sombre feeling to the night. Uh, I think there was a bit of sideline uh, commentary from from Ante Milicic that might have been a bit colourful, but um, you could hear Alfie coaching the boys around him, you know, he, Alfie would get the ball to feet and he'd be telling King, you know, to come, come, come and, and to move down the line and, and to pass it off, which, you know, you don't always get to get to witness or, or, or hear at the ground. So, um, and Donaghy's the same. I mean, Donaghy's an organiser. He'll, you know, he and Wilco, as you said, I, I think it's, it's one performance, but it, it was really assured and, and, and sort of filled, filled me with a, with a lot of confidence that, um, you know, there, there wasn't going to be much getting through through the two of them. I thought Retro had a solid game for I've said it, we've said, yeah. said it, we kind of hang a bit of shit on him and as do a lot of people amongst the Sydney FC soccer world on Twitter and the like, but he had quite a solid game. I thought he was quite good as well. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I think, and that's probably the two games in a row where he, he did quite well. And like he's in form, I wouldn't, I, you know, on the balance of, you know, obviously the, the weekend previous and then obviously the, the Bulls game, you, you look, okay, he's putting himself into a bit of form here. He's, you know, you got to give credit where credit's due. It's the same mm-hmm. thing that you know, shitbag the signing of, of you know, the, the future Johnny Warren medalist, you know, um, that is Elvis. But hey, he's, it makes a difference. So I, I can't, I got to give credit. So yeah, still well. Shall we do the SFC votes, gents? Indeed. So I stuck with those three that I called out. So I gave four to Harry, the Popeye, um, the Sargman Cometh. I gave one to Donaghy and one to Alfie. Jules? So I actually gave three to Donaghy. I thought he was really good. Um, I gave two to Alfie and one to Wood. I think that those two just worked their, worked their socks off and, yeah, finally got a little bit of reward there, albeit not with their goals. I gave uh, two to Donaghy, two to Alfie, uh, one to Retro, and even one to Harry, begrudgingly. Yeah. Wow. That, that finish was, was pretty... It was a nice finish against him yeah. in the 110th minute. Yeah, that's all right. I'll get. Yeah, I'll give him that. It was. It was. He could have. He could have done what a lot of other people do, which is would have just been belted into the keeper. But, I think McCarthy had uh, given up at that point. But anyway, 100%. Um, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, so. uh, the 
A-League Women's, Sean, um, had, had a big win on the weekend at, uh, at Combank Stadium. A 2-0 win thanks to two Remy Seamson goals. To help us talk about that and much, much more, um, the brilliant Courtney Vine joined the three of us earlier in the night. So enjoy uh, this chat as we, as we move into the A-League Women's section of the pod. Probably one of the most exciting players at Sydney FC at the moment joins us tonight on Sky Blue Stories, come fresh off a Sydney Derby victory on the weekend. And that, of course, is the wonderful Courtney Vine. Courtney, thanks for joining Sky Blue Stories tonight. Thanks for having me. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what, um, not, to, not to make you blush too much, but you are one of the pod's favourites. Uh, so the boys, were, the boys yeah. were very excited when we, uh, when we were able to secure, secure your signature on the pod tonight. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. I didn't know that. <laughs> that 100%. <laughs> Thank you. Absolutely. So first off, Courtney, um, again, thanks for joining us. We're two games into the season. I have noticed a little bit of heavy strapping on, on one of your pods at the yeah. moment. I just wanted to know, is that leftover from the medial or is that something you've, you've picked up recently? Yeah, no. Um, no, my knee's completely healed. Like, it's fully fine now. I um, forgot I even actually heard it, so that's pretty good. Uh, but, yeah, the hamstring. So it's just been a little bit, just a little bit niggly, um, not muscular. We, we seem to think it's a bit, it's a bit nervy related. So, um, yeah, there's not much you can do about that. It's just about managing it and managing the load and just being smart with it. So I did have a little bit of a hamstring niggle throughout preseason, but that was more muscular and that's fully recovered as well. So it's okay. just a bit, yeah, a bit of nerve stuff going on, but hopefully, you know, I just went and saw the Cairo. Hopefully I'm back in, back in line and <laughs> feeling better. <laughs> yeah, aligned. yeah aligned now. So yeah. Fantastic. Nice. Yeah. Well, you, you're two from two from the start of the season. So it's been a really good start. Um, for ladies, which is which was great to see. We're all very excited about it. Um, how have you seen it so far and, and um, how have you enjoyed it so far? Yeah, I mean, yeah, having a good preseason, like we're just so excited to get into the season and just um, carry on from last year. Uh, you know, we have a, the full squads back and we have a new additions as well and a new, uh, few young ones. So it's been really good. And um, obviously, yeah, starting off with the win was fantastic and I was really happy with my first game. So was happy about that and then the second game the derby obviously you always want to win so that was also fantastic um yeah couldn't be happier at the moment uh obviously we have a few few games coming up now so wellington the new ones in the league um we have we had a friendly against them actually and they're a bit they're a bit rough so it should be <laughs> should be a bit of a, a bit of a hard take game. care of the hammy then I know that's why got to get in line so then I can get pushed back out of place. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, no, really happy with the the start of the season and hopefully the girls just can continue throughout. Yeah, I, I definitely think you can from from yeah. the early showing. It's it's really good sights um, so far. Uh, we've got our first question from from out there in, in soccer Twitter land or the Sydney FC soccer Twitter land. Yeah. Steve Paletti asks, "What are your personal goals uh, for the season?" Oh. Um, yeah, a couple of mine obviously is just to be back fit and without any injuries, um, this year. And hopefully, obviously I'd like to play throughout the whole season. Um, you know, missing out on that premiership game last year, that hurt a lot. Uh, so hopefully, yeah, I'll be there for that one this year and the grand final. Um, that's one of them. And obviously yeah, uh, winning the grand final with the team is one of them. Personal goals. Um, honestly, I just always look to just enjoy it. I just want to enjoy it and you know, if I score goals and assist goals, I'm feeling good. <laughs> but um, I don't really have many uh, – I don't really set many goals for the season other than just to kind of play with a bit of freedom. 
Um, I don't like to stress about it too much. Obviously, I have career goals, like to, you know, make Matildas and um, potentially go overseas. Like, yeah, you just think about yeah. that. But, um, yeah, nothing too crazy for the season in terms of goals. A few more assists like the one you had uh, in the first round would be nice. That cheeky I would like, uh, yeah, I would yeah, like a few more nice. assists. <laughs> we, we talked about that, that assist of yours, uh, Donna, you and I, a couple of weeks ago, how it might just look like an in- innocent casual touch, but we, we wax lyrical just how wonderful that assist was. That lovely depth yeah. touch and that awareness. Um, what was it? Macarena? Spent about five minutes. Yeah, spent about five minutes talking about the time. Yeah, oh, really? <laughs> That's why I said earlier how like how massive fans we are of you. Um, <laughs> but other than talking about yourself, Courtney, we'd love to mm-hmm. kind of pick your brain about other members of the team, and, and yeah. they're all wonderful group of girls. Obviously, yeah. the mother hen Teresa Polias, uh, literally yeah. and, and quite literally now as well. The mother <laughs> hen um, is there, and it's massive shoes um, to fill. Um, how has Ante been happy? What are his thoughts in going into with, with Macassera and Taylor in the middle so far? Yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously T is a massive loss. Just like even her presence, again, like you said, she's just a mother. Like she just controlled all of it, all of us like young ones because we do have a very young squad. So missing her, like you can definitely feel it. But, um, you know, having someone like Nat Tobin, who is an experienced W League player um, around the squad is filling that gap quite good so um yeah having those young ones in the midfield uh aren't they seem like i mean we all love them they, they're doing such a good job they're they're all our fittest in our team they're so fit um you know in those beach runs it was always macker and sarah hunter all the way about 500 meters away from everyone else so it was actually ridiculous i don't know how they do it so, um yeah they've been killing it for the the first few games and obviously it's a bit tough you have um you know rachel low on the bench who's also another Mm. really good midfielder and it's the same as last year we had a few uh like you know you had, you had your wheeler and um your t and uh hey, let's Maca and on then, the bench yeah yeah you had a, a few left, of them on the yeah. bench so it's just it's, i think sydney fc is just a tough environment to be in like if if you're pushing for a starting spot it's very hard um and of course you got your chilean maestro as well too we have we have yeah so like Paige satchel and rojas have just come back from international duty so mm. that's another two like crazy strikers that are now up against me, Prin and Rem, which is, you know, a bit, bit stressful, but it's actually, it's good pressure. Like it's makes you work a bit harder in training, um, you know, and then, and everyone's just lovely. Everyone is there to just play and push for a spot. It's competitive, but yeah, it's very good. Like it's a good little environment. To a, little, be a bit of a bit of a contrast with another team at the moment, but anyway, I won't. It's <laughs> <laughs> about yeah. the liberty. It age. starts. Um, well, you've been, you know, you've been in the W League or the A League women's for, for a little while now. Since what a sixteen-year-old you burst onto yeah. the scene back in the day. Yep. Um, tell us your Sky Blue story and how it came about that you've joined the juggernaut that is Sydney FC. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I have, I've jumped around a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, just as like a young one, I just, uh, you know, I got signed with Brisbane Royal, got picked up there um, when I was young. When I was, yeah, I think I was, I think my first contract was when I was 17. I think I was in year 12. Pardon? Where's home originally for you? Well, <laughs> this is a funny question because oh, okay. I grew up in, I grew up in Brisbane, but I was oh. born in Victoria. So <laughs> I would say I'm from Brisbane. I wouldn't say I'm from Vic. Um, but yeah, so I grew up there and uh, I lived there till I was probably 18. Uh, just played in the N- uh, NPL league in Melbourne for a bit and then um, got picked for 20s. So the, I was a national team. And um, from there, I got my opportunity to go to Newcastle Jets. So 
mm-hmm. I went to Newcastle. I'd play there, I don't know, when I was like 12 and absolutely loved it. So I was like, I'm going to go to Newcastle. So um, that was that. I loved Newcastle. It was very hard to leave Newcastle. Um, but I definitely chose to leave uh, purely just for obviously my, my career more than more than the environment itself. I loved the girl to death and the coach was like great. And um, yeah, I went for myself. So that's when I went to Western Sydney. Blech. Yeah, no, maybe don't talk about it. Uh, But yeah, then obviously things didn't go to plan there um, either. And Sydney actually approached me that year, but they were a bit too late. I'd already signed. Um, So I should have gone. I should have just been like, I'm coming. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so I played for Sydney Olympic through the NPL. And um, obviously, Ante's the TD there. So he overlooks things and I'm I've um, I've met Ante a few times through 20s so I, I know him and yeah he just approached me at this, this I don't even know what year that was um what 2019 yeah, yeah. yeah something like that um yeah and he just approached me and obviously he told me his plan that he was going to make a young squad um and he told me he was coming and I was like I'm coming because I've always said uh, a coach just needs to get a young squad together like that 20. 20 to 25 age group with a few older ones and you'll do well. Like, it's going to be successful. So as soon as he said he's getting young ones, I was like, I'm coming. I'm coming with Yante. And, yeah, I've loved it ever since then. Uh, I will be here <laughs> until, I, until I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> so where, where did your love of football all begin? Like were you playing football from under fives or did you find yourself – you know, God forbid, playing netball and then you graduated with soccer or something like that? Or? Yeah, no, no, no. I did not play netball. I wasn't one yeah, of them. No, <laughs> <laughs> no but I um, well, I have an older brother, so he's two, like 18 months older than me. So whatever he did, I did when I was a bit younger. I just did whatever he did. So he did, um, apart from cricket, I actually didn't play cricket, but that's another story. Um, he, he, uh, he did athletics first, so I followed him and did little athletics. So that's probably where my sprint comes from a little bit is from doing the lays from when I was nine till 16. So definitely started there. And my brother played soccer since he was like six as well. So I'd be at his games training with them. Um, and then, yeah, I played with the boys until I was probably, oh, until I couldn't. So I think I was, um, I think I was 15. I was 15 when I stopped playing with the boys. Um, but yeah, that was a stage I had to choose between athletics and soccer and at that stage, he's already putting a lot of effort into soccer. So I was like, I'm just going to go over there. Yeah, right. But yeah. yeah, it's turned out all right yeah. at the end. Yeah. Oh, not bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been a good journey. Yeah. Absolutely. I was going to ask, so, has your brother played for junior national teams or no? Um, no. <laughs> no, there you go. <laughs> no, he hasn't. No. He jumped well, around in all different sports. He wasn't He wasn't sticking with soccer. No. But. Well, you've. You, you've outshone him there. You've outshone yeah. him there. I always tried to. <laughs> <laughs> One for Gordon. Um, you sort of answered this next um, uh, guest question already from Eric Subijano, one of the um, one of the giants of the NPL scene uh, in, in New South Wales. That's for sure. Um, but he was asking the reasons for your interstate moves. Sort of as you as you said, you sort of bounced around a bit from yeah. Queensland to Vic to to, to Sydney. So yeah. have they all been, uh, I guess, career? oriented you're just trying to better yourself and your and your football or has there sort of been other reasons why um yeah there's been like multiple reasons why I leave there's not just it's not just one like obviously the career one's a big one um but with my Brisbane one you know I had I got signed for my year and then I uh came back from my 20s trip and I'd fractured my fibula so I was out for I've had a lot of injuries like I've been out a lot 
um, even though I've been in the league for about seven years, I have had a lot of injuries. So that's kind of stopped me from being a starting player, I would say, in a way. Um, but, yeah, so the first move was more just I wanted to leave home. I was like, I, can't, I just want to experience the world. Um, yeah. you know, just an 18-year-old, just want to. I was going to say, because you're still, I mean, you're what, what, 22 years old now? Or? 23. I'm 23 20, now. 23 yeah. years old. Uh, you're still a very young young lady. And to, to I guess, pack up your life and, and make those moves, even though it is, we're just talking interstate at this yeah. stage. But, you know, that's, that's a big commitment for you. Oh, yeah, it's massive. Yeah, the first, when I went to um, Melbourne and played the NPL, I was, I got pretty homesick, you know, just yeah. your first time living away from home, having to do, you know, all your washing, all your dishes, yeah. all the cooking. Yeah. You're like, oh, my God, <laughs> mum, I love you. Like, <laughs> um, you have that moment. So, yeah, I, um, definitely left the first. I left, I left Brisbane just to get a bit more life experience, I think. I just left uh, to go live in Newcastle. And um, when, when I left Newcastle, that was a more career decision. And then Western Sydney was more, I didn't get what I wanted the first year because obviously they, they got marquee players. So a late, so when he signed me, he signed, he signed me seeing me as a starter, which I know a lot of coaches say that they, they do say it to get players. Um, and then, yeah, he, he got a late signing, which was, I think it was Lynn Williams. So yeah, yeah. This is Dean. This is yeah. Dean Heffernan. Um, he got, he got a late signing. I'm not sure if it was Lynn or if it was Kyra um, at the time, but that pushed me out. So, and that was a tough year. That was just really tough. Like um, going from potentially, yeah, being a starter to back on the bench again. And I was like, oh, I can't no, do it he knows, again. He knows what he's missed out on now, Courtney. Don't worry. Uh, he tried to get me back. So, nah. Nah, not a chance. <laughs> no, and I was like, I'm not coming. <laughs> Absolutely. And what and, yeah. and what is it? Just to close off my questions for the time being, Courtney. Um, what is it you mentioned that you're having a great time at the club and, and I can genuinely see that on your face that, you, that you're loving it around there. What is it about Sydney FC and, and A-League women's, we still call it the W-League, but um, what is it about the culture of Sydney FC that's made you feel like this has been the best move for you so far as opposed to some of those other places? Yeah, I mean, I think a big factor is a lot of the girls are my age. I think we're all yeah. the same age, um, which makes a big difference. Like I have been in teams where, yeah, the, there's been lots of senior players and I've been the young one, which you kind of do get a bit, you get a bit left out. So um, having everyone my age that I've already played with before or know of um, was really good. And we all just get along so well on and off the field. It's ridiculous. We're all very yeah. close, um, which you can tell on the field, I think. So yeah. Um, you just got to stay away I, from that. Um, you just got to stay away from that really old lady, uh, Natalie Tobin. Yeah, she's getting I'm a bit sorry. old. She's turning thirty. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She'd hate that I said that. <laughs> but um, yeah, no. So everyone, like everyone's around the same age, and um, like I'm the third oldest or something, which is like, wow. well, sorry, take away um, Rojas. Rojas is the oldest. Then it's like Nat, Ali Green, Tash Pryor. Yeah. Eight. I'm probably like fifth, sorry. I'm like fifth. But that's pretty you're crazy. Exposing, like, you're exposing your teammates' ages, by the way. Yeah, no, I'm like everyone. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, and then obviously having Ante, um, I love, yeah. I as soon as I came to Sydney FC, I loved how how what kind of coach he was, to be honest. He he's not um matey matey, he's very just the coach, which I like love. Um, you know, being a part of systems where it is a bit there's a bit of favorites going on it's a bit, mm, a bit yeah a bit annoying. like I don't yeah I don't really like that like but um a lot of coaches a lot of coaches are like that and having Ante who's very distant 
and lets you just play doesn't set any rules or you know limitations to your game is just like great so he just lets us do whatever we want to do on the field (laughs) fantastic yeah so just with that freedom, I guess it's a good segue with with what you just talked about with Ante and, and his uh, his method of you know sort of leading you guys to your own um, you know devices devices and that sort of thing in the final third. How have you fi- found transitioning from striker to winger, um, you know, during the last couple of seasons? And a little bit of a cheeky end to that question. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Ante, has he signed you for next season? And is there any chance I can get you to play for my MPL club that I coach? <laughs> She's an Olympic girl through and through. <laughs> yeah. I'm Olympic. I've already signed with Olympic. So. Yeah. Um, you got it. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm not currently signed for next season. I was on a two-year right, contract for this let year. Me... Okay. <laughs> we'll talk. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll, we'll talk after this. Friday, right, Ante. Ante it's stick, to, stick to Peter Moorefield. Don't worry. I'll, yeah. I'll be on the phone to John. John Bullock. <laughs> oh goodness me. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I haven't. I haven't signed. Um. For next year. What was the question again? Yeah. Sorry, I'm distracted there. Now, how, how have you found uh, transitioning from striker to wing? Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Um. The fitness is completely different. So. That's all I have to say about that. Um, yeah, no, just going from a winger, from a, from a nine, from a nine that you can be a bit lazy if you want um, as a nine, or you can work really hard. Like Remy Jeez. is like a nine that I've never seen before. Like she mm. runs nearly the furthest in our games, which as a nine, you're like, what? Like where where were you running? Like you <laughs> what to, were you like doing? It. You don't have to. You could stand. But she just works so hard. Like Remy's very fit as well. Mm. and. She just wants it. She's, I've never seen someone that wants it so much, um, which yeah. shows on the field. <laughs> yeah, her work <laughs> defensively is it. insane. Yeah. Oh, it's just all insane. So, yeah, I think, um, yeah, it's been, it's been very different uh, transitioning from a nine to, you know, a winger. So I just, yeah, I think I would just say the fitness is just so different to how I play nine anyway. I don't do the repeated um, long, you know, it's like a 50-meter 60 meter run up and back i'm chasing my fullbacks i'm doing my defensive job so um yeah so that's very different and then yeah just yeah that's, yeah i'd say that's about like the runs the runs and stuff in behind are completely different like obviously being isolated one-on-one out on the yeah. wing is you have way too much time i think like compared to a nine nine years have to you have to know where you're passing it straight away like you need to know what you're going to do with the ball when you get it whereas when a winger gets it you're like okay yeah a little bit more creativity (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, so i'd say like yeah last season was probably my first season actually playing as a winger like i haven't really played as a winger before um you wouldn't know it for it like you've taken to a duck on water pardon you've taken to it like a duck on water like you oh thank you (laughs) yeah yeah i um yeah i just i think it, it works like i can see how it works well with me as well like i am like i'm quick so i think it it definitely works in my favor to be out isolated one-on-one. Um, but yeah, it was completely different. Just having so much time on the ball and just being isolated out there was just crazy. Yeah. I, I, look, I, th- I think we can all agree here on the pod that you, um, it, despite the injury last season, um, you exploded onto the scene really. And I don't think you've looked back from it. You've been fantastic. And yeah, um, I suppose uh, just from your early comments, it doesn't look like the expectation is really bothering you at all. It seems like you're thriving at it. Would you agree? And um, um, yeah. 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 Um, 
I try not to think about it, to be honest. I try to just, yeah, keep a bit of a level head. You know, I haven't, I don't feel like I've, I've really made anything yet. Um, so, you know, I get asked a lot about Matildas and all that sort of stuff. And all I can say to them is like, you know, it's not up to me. It's up to Tony. <laughs> so I can't make the decisions here. Um, get on the so phone, Tony. Like, yeah. <laughs> Has he been in touch with you? You know, just sent, sent you a text, you know, yeah, something on his face or Facebook or something. Just yeah. a message that <laughs> this is something we'd like to see from you because um, you, you, you have to be in the frame for 2023, no pressure, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't heard anything. No. Um, again, I, I can't control it. It's not up to me. Yeah. Uh, everyone wants to play for Matildas. Like everyone, everyone wants to represent Australia. And at the end of the day, it's a representative side. So I can't, I can't choose in my career to play for them, um, but I can get hopefully selected. So Yeah, well, they should. I'm, I'm surprised to hear that no one... Not even if it's Tony, but someone in the setup, you know, has, has hasn't reached out for it. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm part of the I'm part of the 50 player shortlist, so I am part of the I'm part I of the, the setup. But I, yeah, I haven't I haven't gone to a camp, like I haven't yeah done any of that yet. So that's sure, still there. Yeah. And Court, like you mentioned, Ante earlier, uh, I was lucky enough to meet Ante. I did a bit of coaching with Olympic for a couple of years in the SAP program over on the girls' side. Um, can you give us a little bit more insight to Ante, like? before the game in the sheds, before you run out, is he saying, you know, girls, this is what I want to see? Or he just goes, look, you understand how this game works, playing out from the back, keeping possession, and then allows the three of you girls up front just to have that freedom? Yeah, well, he he has a whiteboard where he jots down all his notes, just some defensive, some attacking, just obviously the starting lineup, just a few little key things to remember, like going into games. But usually he always just says, like, you girls know what you need to do. Like we've we've gone through it all week at training. Um, mm. He doesn't he doesn't really put any limitation on anyone. To be honest with you, um, not just the front third. Like he obviously wants us to create, and then the backline obviously don't stuff around with it. Yeah. <laughs> but um, play forward. Like just exp- yeah. Tom always says it. Our assistant coach just oh, says, exp- yeah. express yourself. So we hear that so many times at training. It's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> it's, <laughs> he needs to stop. <laughs> but yeah not much he doesn't really yeah he doesn't really say too much um yeah he's always he's just like that i think he's just a coach like that he just says like, a few words and i guess it's a matter of, of like in any good relationship just there's that level of trust you yeah. trust that he will do his job as a coach and he trusts that you girls will do your job as as players out on the training paddock and out on the field so and that just breeds confidence in one another and yeah, he, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that you've you've hit it. You've hit it on the head. <laughs> Good job, Sean. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, Courtney, a bit of a fun one now. Uh, again, from, a, from another uh, another fan or another listener of Pod, Daniel Bergman. So, you spoke about, I guess, maybe maybe short term goals, but they might be a medium term goal to play overseas. Um, do, do you have a dream club that you'd like to play for? Uh, um no uh, when I was a bit culture or yeah. yeah no when I was a bit younger I would say um I definitely had a dream to play for Chelsea uh yeah. FC yeah. and obviously they're killing the game at the moment so it would be great to play for them still yeah, um, big step, yeah. that would be amazing I would love for you to drop a fan running onto the field oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was pretty crazy wasn't it <laughs> Uh, yeah, but yeah, so 
yeah again I don't um yeah it's, I feel like it gets a bit hard once you get once you're getting a little bit like I wouldn't say I'm obviously old but like when you're getting a little bit older you start to think about other things in life so you know I've only just started studying now so I'm studying online so um there's that and then there's like obviously you want to make money uh we don't get enough in the w league so like you want to make a bit extra so you're working and you're doing all these things and you sometimes forget to think about where do I want to go in my career and like um can I go like you know you have relationships you have friends there's a lot to like think about I think when you get a bit more older but when I was younger I did want to just go I wanted to travel I wanted to do all that but it just didn't happen I got injured a lot so all that stuff happened but yeah, at the moment, I haven't really thought about it. But if I was going to go anywhere, I'd obviously love to go to England. That's where I would like to go. If I'm if I'm going to leave, that's probably where I'm going to go. Not too cold. Not too cold, Courtney. It's probably too cold for me, to be honest now. <laughs> but I'll still go. A uh, quick trip down to Ibiza, Ibiza or whatever like that, down to the Greek <laughs> Islands. You'll be right. Yeah, I'll be fine. Well, you, you mentioned the women's game there and obviously how you girls don't get paid enough or a lot. Um, juggling study, you look at Teresa now, how she's had to juggle work, now a family or starting a family. Do you believe that the women's game is finally starting to head in the right direction here in Australia? Um, you know, where do you want it to see it go? I've read some stuff about you, how you've said, you know, like the pitches in the past have been pretty poor or average at best. And um, sometimes like with staffing in terms of physios, mm. you know, it's not as well stocked as what you'd have over in the men's yeah. side. So do you, have you seen a change in your... Um, I think like we, I look back at from where I started um, from where I first got signed in the league and it's definitely grown a lot in the last five years, I would say um, it's improving and it still is improving. We still have a long way to go. I think there's still a long way to go in Australia, especially if you want to compete with other countries. Um, I think there's a long way to go to improve uh, the footballing here. Um, but yeah, it's getting there. Like there's, there's still lack of staff there's obviously we're getting a new facility which will be yeah, really exciting fun. so yeah. um that'll be really good and uh yeah just things like that just there's little things that still need to be fixed but it's on its way i would say yeah absolutely and football we've talked about plays obviously a massive part in your life we've talked about obviously uh, back with the raw starting when you were just you know 16 17 years of age you've moved a lot with football so it obviously forms a lot of the decision making and that sort of thing in your life but away from all that what's it like what's an average day in the life of courtney fine you know what do you what do you like to do obviously you've talked about your studying um your works your hobbies and interests shed a little bit of light of that for the listeners yeah, so um, I'm studying at the moment. Like I've only just started, but I'm studying information and communication technology. So um, it's been hard, but <laughs> it's, yeah. uh, it's good. So it's something new. Um, and I've just been casually working at JD Sport, just like at Parramatta, um, just casually. Just I work back at the, at the back. So I just work on delivery and uh, getting the stock rolling in for JD. Um, and then, yeah, just outside of all that sort of commitment stuff, I... Um, you know, I just, I love my movies. I really do. I love them. And um, my you have, TV a favorite, have a favorite movie, Courtney? Oh, don't make me say it. No, no don't say uh, the notebook. No, it's no. Nah, it's been the same since I was like, Bend I don't know how old yeah. I was, like 16. It was like Hunger Games, I think. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I love my Hunger good, Games. Good yeah. Film. Yeah, I like it. I mean, there's, there's, I love my Marvel films, to be honest. I'm a big fan of Marvel. So, 
but I would say Hunger Games is my favorite. Um, what else do I do? I hang out with my friends, uh, hang out with my partner. I um, hard to avoid, aren't really? Yeah, I can't really get away. <laughs> 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 um, and yeah, just I, I love relaxing. To be honest, it's my favorite thing to do. It's just like relax, watch a movie. Well, that's. I don't know. We've like had a little bit of insight into that it might not be that you always are in a relaxed mood, especially when you're behind the wheel <laughs> of a car. So we've had a little bit of a, an anonymous <laughs> tip-off from, let's just say, initial CM, that you suffer from a bit of road rage. Is that true? I blame it on Sydney. Sydney's given me road rage. <laughs> <laughs> when I was in Brisbane, I was very relaxed. But, um, look, I wouldn't say, like, I wouldn't say I have road rage. I would say... I'd say I'm just from Sydney. Like, I feel like everyone yeah. has a bit of road rage. I feel like all you guys would have road rage. So, oh, I get yeah. this. When, when I let somebody in and they don't give me the thank you wave, just courtesy. I wish bad things upon them. Oh, it's, you know, I think, and she probably gave you that tip because today we're driving to the shops and someone was going 50 in a 70 zone. And I was like, oh, are you kidding me? Like, what are you doing? This is so dangerous. Get off the road. And she was like, oh, my God. So that's where that came from today. Very good. Yeah. Very good. And, and, I mean, the fact that you said you like relaxing and you guys train at, like, 5 a.m. in the morning, I'm sure that doesn't help behind the wheel. <laughs> that does not help. That just makes me cranky. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm actually pretty good in the mornings, not going to lie. Well, that's good. Morning person. I am a bit of a, yeah, I'm all right. <laughs> Very good. Very good. So, Courtney, the, the most asked question that we've had mm. from the socials um, is, are you aware of your player chant? Yes, oh I God. am. <laughs> and what do you think of it? <laughs> I think it is so funny and I actually really like it. No truth to it, I hope, but... Um... No, 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 no. I was going to play it for you during the interview, but I might, I might sneak it into the pod a bit later for the listeners. Yeah, so no, there. it's funny. Ante might not like it. But. No, I, I didn't know what they said. To be honest, I thought they said, um, what they say, down the line, not running down the line. That would kind of make a little bit more sense. That's what I mean, I football think. wise. <laughs> but um, then I really listened, and I was like, oh. <laughs> That's kind of funny though. <laughs> you know what? It's it it's um it's a big honor to get a, a song, a personalized song too. Not everyone gets one. Yeah. They've yeah. um they've done a great job and and the creativity there um from, from the cove <laughs> is, is, is magnificent. Okay. I, when I first heard it, I sort of went, yeah, okay. I don't know if I can ask those specific words in in. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you know. Like Dave Warner on the phone, Jono. Yeah, no, DT, DT's just messaged me, actually. He's just told me to stay away from it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't believe that. Um, Claude, nearly done there. We've got, um, you've got a very young, uh, shiny and new Wellington Phoenix who's coming up against uh, this weekend, Sunday, five past four kickoff at, uh, at Cogra Jubilee, another double header uh, on Sunday, um, just before the, the A-League men's. From what you've seen, has... Has Ante given you girls any pointers yet? Um, they were fairly resilient in, in round one against the Wanderers, um, picking up a point. Probably got a little bit outclassed last week against your old team, um, especially with uh, Emily Van Egmond back in the back in the squad. Mm -hmm. So what are, what are you guys expecting this weekend? Um, yeah, Ante hasn't touched on anything yet, uh, but he definitely will be talking about it tomorrow at training. Um, 
yeah uh, obviously we came up against them in the in the in preseason so we had a friendly against them um we obviously know a bit how they play and now we have two games to kind of analyze and you know yeah. have a look back on so um yeah leading into the game obviously they're a very physical team and we know that so we just have to keep our heads um focused on what you know what, the game <laughs> not yeah. a rugby match so yeah. um yeah, and just I, we try not to change how we play based on teams we play. So it, it'll be the same thing as each week um, that Auntie says. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, we just know you never underestimate an opponent. You never know what they're going to come out like uh, on game day. So I know they'll be wanting a bit of revenge from friend, from our friendly because it wasn't that friendly. And um, I also think they'll just be wanting to get a win. So, um, yeah. yeah, it'll be a tough game. All right, well, just before you go, here are some quick-fire questions I'm going to throw your way. Um, don't think too hard about them, just, okay, a little bit cliche, but the listeners want to know, who's the biggest pest in the team? Oh, Macca. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, two-parter question, this one. Who's genuinely the funnest, funniest and who thinks they're funny? Uh, okay. <laughs> No, that's hard. That's a hard one. <laughs> Our whole team is so funny. Um, okay, who's actually funny? Remy is really funny. Remy yeah. is very funny. And who thinks they're funny? Oh, this is going to hurt someone. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say Maka because she'll take it like a chance. <laughs> uh, Sydney Derby or Big Blue? Or maybe you've had a bit of, slightly a bit before your time, a bit of a rivalry with, with Melbourne City. But for you, yeah. I guess... What's more important, winning the Derby or the Big Blue? Derby. Derby. Yeah, you got a little bit of history there with them. Yeah. Um, a player in your squad that we as fans and crowd and whatnot should keep an eye on this season? Charlotte McLean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, she's awesome. Fantastic. Yeah, she's been doing really well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and who's the fastest in the team? Um, and why is it Paige Satchel and not yourself? <laughs> How do you know that? <laughs> I actually don't know who the fastest is. Oh, well, okay. Tomorrow, well, training yeah, in. I haven't. I don't yeah. compare. I don't compare stats. I don't. Do friendly competition stuff. there, Courtney. Or? I just know I'm the fastest. <laughs> I, oh, okay. We, we were told by a little Challenge bit that search. you were no, the fastest. <laughs> yeah, we heard that you were the fastest until Paige arrived. Somebody. Might have said that. We can't reveal our sources. But <laughs> <laughs> journalistic integrity over here. Absolutely. Courtney, um, uh, this has been such, such good fun for, for all of us here on, on the Sky Blue Stories pod. Thanks, thanks so much for taking time out of your Tuesday night. Um, you know, we know you, you, you guys do extremely long days as it is, and, and to, to take time out and talk to us, uh, us guys, is, is a really big, really big privilege for us. So thanks very much. Um, and thanks as always to the club for helping us organise it. Best of luck for Sunday and the rest of the season ahead. Uh, again, for everyone wondering, it's, it's Sunday afternoon. Cocker Jubilee, five past four kickoff against the Wellington Phoenix. History-making game, first time ever in an official A-League women's fixture. Uh, hopefully there's a big crowd there early and the weather um, the weather stays fine and fine and sunny. So, Courtney, thanks thanks once more for, for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me. It's actually been so fun. So happy to come back whenever, whenever. <laughs> we'll hold you to that. Thanks, yeah. Courtney. That's all right. No Thank worries. You. Thank you. Thanks again, uh, Courtney Vine. Wow, that was um, that was so much fun, boys, um, to, to have caught on. Um, it, it, it's always, we, we were talking off air, it's always, um, 
it's always a good interview when they it flows naturally and they just help you like with with your questions it just naturally flows into it i'm gonna say she's my favorite interview we've had wow there wow, oh, wow. that's yeah. uh i'll have it back anytime what a nice girl nice human being yeah you're going casual yeah. open book kind of girl wonderful yeah yeah 100 and she didn't say no outright to her you know to her joining my you know mpl so <laughs> not signed yet not signed yet uh, so you're saying there's a chance. Your your <laughs> your people talk to her people and hundred percent. I'll be on the phone, Courtney. All good. Absolutely. Um, Sean, give us give, very quickly. Give us your um your thoughts on the on the Sydney Derby, mate. Um, the second goal in particular needs some attention, but but overall a, a very dominant uh, dominant resounding in control. I Sydney uh, Wanderers have done little to nothing with their kind of recruitment and, and game plan and whatnot in recent years, and you saw it. I think 2-0 probably inflated the Wanderers yeah. for those who didn't watch yep. the game. I think they have one kind of chance from a free kick in the first half, I want to say, but yep. um, great lead-up play, even though that the goal that Remy scored the first was, you know, a tap-in, um, just that movement from McKenzie and the ball and, 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 and from a beanie, um, just that combination playing that final third. And I'm just seeing McKenzie just grow an extra leg. I know we're only two games into the season, but, mm. um, yeah, she's, she's shining like an absolute star, uh, McKenzie Hawksby. We, we alluded to it with Courtney in, in the chat. Um, that midfield three of, of Sarah Hunter, Taylor Ray and McKenzie Hawksby, um, that's been the highlight so far for me across the two games. Uh, I think... You know, you, you take out the highest capped player in, in A-League women's history in, in Teresa Polias. Uh, and not only is she the highest cap, but one of the greatest of all time um, at, at setting the tempo in particular. And they have not missed a, missed a beat, um, the, the Sydney FC midfield. I think um, I think they've been absolutely exceptional. I thought Macca may have strayed a little bit offside for the first... Optical illusion, John. She was on. <laughs> might have been the angle. Might have been a bit harsh. But, um, but Jules, talk us through, um, talk us through Remy Seamson's uh, absolute belter. And, um, and Jonathan, you, you, the... no, no, you called it, you said that it was a cross. Just, <laughs> my, I were just, you oh. know, I nearly fell off the couch. What a goal. Yeah. Been thrown Absolutely. Under the yeah, I yelled out the old zoo when it went in. So, um, so yeah, it's uh, to the annoyance of my wife yet again, but it's all good. She gets it about 15 times a day. Um, but yeah, that was some finish like just absolutely world class i did say to my missus it wouldn't have mattered if you had you know one of the best a-league keepers in there i think that was like that was top bins it was pretty it was probably pretty well struck so yeah just absolutely unstoppable she's towards the corner of the 18 yard box she takes one touch and then just bang bang yeah yeah exactly no it was it was honestly um, it'll be up there with the with the A League Women's Goal of the Year. I think it's already a, you know a contender. In uh, that the, respect. What do they call it? Like Puskes? Puskes. <laughs> yeah, the Puskes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get a get a nomination in there for for sure. And just also a little shout out. Um, Paige Satchel and, and Mary Stanish Flutie got um, their debut 
mm. on, young Mary and, and New Zealand international Kate Satchel came on and had a run with the girls. So they're, they're flying high at the moment. We don't want to get ahead of ourselves. We're only two games into a, I can't remember what game is uh, this season. 16. But 16. It's the longer season than usual, and they come up against Wellington Phoenix. Um, I just, Remy continues to grow in stature. That middle third is just ridiculous. Um, and, and like, our, our, like, maybe we haven't come up against the might of victory yet, and that will be a true test. Um, but like, we've got two, not part time, like, Nat Tobin, she's not an out and out centre back. Charlotte McLean, she's not an out and out centre back. You'd probably see Nat more so in the middle third, and then Charlotte out wide. But that that back four, a lot of lot of has been said about Remy and Princess and the like. Um, a lot of props to that back four of um, of Ali and and Charlotte and Nat and and Jessica Nash is the other one, sorry. So, well done, ladies. Clean sheets. Jada, just chilling out in goals. Not, not a lot to do. Yeah, exactly. Not, not that that way. Doing a dance like she does in the uh, in the film clip for the, uh, the A-League. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Keep, keep, up. keep up. Now the mood drops. Um, <laughs> it was positive and light and bright for a, for a little while. But, gentlemen, let's start to dissect this game um, that was set in the very beautiful and picturesque uh, Gosford. And as Jamie Duncan of ASOT says, or said, at least it was a nice day. Um, and when the highlight of the day itself was the weather, um, doesn't say much for the rest of the game or the game itself. So 2-0 uh, loss to Central Coast. It was 2-0 at half time. Um, but even with that 2-0, and, and Jules, we said earlier, uh, maybe off the pod, that that 2-0 is a very precarious scoreline as what happened with us to Newcastle Jets a couple of weeks ago. But even at 2-0 at halftime, I just didn't have a lot of faith and confidence that we'd be able to claw back to a 3-2 or even a 2-all. Um, guys, Harry had his pants pulled down. Um, he kind of came back crashing to earth after a very good uh, FFA Cup game. And then Joel just got stood up, just the ball touched past him. CCM ran past him and, and crossed it. And, yes, it was a Caceres own goal, but if Anthony hadn't tried to block the shot or block the goal, block that cross, um, whoever it was has an easy tap in. So, uh, boy, uh, please help me digest this. Yeah, it's not often um, it's not often you walk away or, or even sit through a senior FC fixture, a men's fixture of late, and and the word embarrassed comes up. But um, mate, we were sitting there, and and that's what it was. It was embarrassing. Um, both goals were so soft, but the the thing that was embarrassing was that the Mariners were, were first and second to everything, to absolutely everything. They're, they're, and and I, I hate I hate questioning players' desire. That's not what I'm doing. But the effort just, it's just not there. And I, I don't, I don't get why. It, it's, it's round four, right? We've had a little bit of a busy schedule. We're a little light on troops, but that doesn't mean you get beaten one-on-one -on -one over and over and over again. And that's just what was happening. On the weekend, it was 
it was an abomination. Yeah, look, uh, I, I will probably go as far as to say that in terms of an opening 20 minutes to a game in the league, um, probably, possibly even throughout our history, I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a more disappointing opening 20 minutes. Mm. Um, we were utterly hopeless. That's not just one player. Just as a collective, yeah. we were we were extremely poor. Um, I think uh, Simon Hill said that they haven't um, they haven't got off the the uh, team bus yet. They haven't got off the team off the freeway, and I agree. It's perfect perfect um, analogy, um, or you know whatever you want to call it. It's it was ridiculous the first twenty minutes, and I sort of sat after you know, at home watching it, um, probably 25th, 30th minute and just gone, nothing. I don't want to watch this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't want to watch it. I mean, I will begrudgingly because I love this club, um, but um, I'm not in love with the way we're playing and the club, club's direction, uh, particularly in the men's, obviously at the moment, it's just, it's not good enough and we deserve better. Um, you know, that's coaches, managers, players as well, because whilst with, with, with bad Coco, I agree with you, Jono, that there also seemed to be a little bit of uh, uh, an apathy towards the contest, if you want mm. to call it that. So, yeah. How are you feeling in the in the stadium? Maybe we were, we were sat there, uh, as you said, nice, nice surrounds, but um, the afternoon turned sour pretty, pretty quick, mate. Um, I've, I've, I've been seeing this for a long time with how we've played and there's been some moments and some games throughout the last couple of seasons that have been really good 90-minute performances but I wasn't surprised to see this and this start from us this year, unfortunately. Um, something that got said a lot, uh, both in commentary and articles and Twitter and whatnot afterwards was that uh, we looked bored we look really bored, and I've got to uh, take a quote from, and I'll paraphrase a bit from Georgie Yeomandale, who just said, talked about the reason why she believed we look bored is because we've played the same way, in the same style, in the same formation, with the same starting 11 more or less every week, other than if you have to make changes because of injury and maybe international duty. And I just think that they're just kind of like on, they just have maybe... <laughs> not falling out of love of football, but just just as that lack of desire. And then when a problem presents itself on the field, like MacArthur the other week setting up with a back five, is that they don't know what to do next because they've only been taught one way. And we've joked about this in the pod in previous episodes and the past year or two, Jono, we've said, you know, you know, Corica's plan B is just to do plan A better. But other teams know how we play and they set themselves up and it's a results-based game. And if they don't really care if they don't play pretty, they want the three points. But um, it, I, I, I'm not saying Corica out and, and toss him out and, and wholesale changes, but things need to change from this weekend onwards. I want to see the 2-2-2 two, 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 bug it off, to put it lightly. I don't want to see it again. I, I, whether it's a 4-3-3 or, Jono, your favourite, the 4-2-3-1. The um, I think it was wrong starting Bobo 
Um, just got, it was a bit like Corrigan going, I'll just put put him in, and um, you know things will the, the switch will be flicked, the flick switched. Um, that the Donicky not starting was just he was fantastic. He was really good in the FFA Cup, and all the preseason stuff we we'd kind of learnt that he had his nose out in front of Benny Warland. So he not Donicky not starting was beyond me, and then the three changes at half time. Okay, something needed to be changed with with uh, who came on Elvis Trent and Paddy Asbeck, but it was kind of like it was kind of like, like Corica just saying throwing caution to the wind and maybe these changes. And I think Jules, you might have put it in our little chat. Like it's for me, it's not about changing the personnel. I, I do yeah. genuinely believe, despite some injuries at the moment, Brats with his ACL. You know, Grant will come back probably this weekend. I don't know how long he has to be out because of COVID, but I don't necessarily believe that we – I still believe we've got a squad to make some inways in this competition this year. Okay, maybe not to win it, um, but to at least still make top two, top three, or top four. Yeah, but It's not the personnel, it's the tactics, it's the strategy, it's the formation, yeah. it's the game management. Um, yeah, I, I could go on and on. I'm sorry I'm rambling, but, like – no, but you're, you're 100% right, um, Sean. Um, and I think I did say in, the, in our little chat that we have that it's, yeah, great, you've made three changes, but it looks more of a panic thing or more of a, oh, you guys, almost like a, not a, a blaming play thing and thinking that, you know, changing personnel is going to change everything. But for me, the personnel is only a small part, potentially the smallest part of what our problem is. And you've hit the nail on it, Sean, is that... Yeah, we just seem tactically inept from a coaching perspective. We just, you know, the camera pans to Kirk, and I'm sure there's something going on behind the eyelids, but it doesn't look like it. It looks like panic. It looks like panic. I don't know if that's true, and fair enough, it probably isn't, but that's what, it, that's what I get. It's not just this season. I'm not just saying it, you know, goo-feasting and... And, you know, thinking that, okay, we've had a shit start to the season. Let's hit the panic button, you know, Corica out. And that's I'm not on the Corica out bandwagon at all. Just put that out there. But the fact is, is that when we've looked a little bit suspect in games that we're even winning, it still looks the same. It still seems as though we don't really have much of a clue about what we can do to change our impact on a game or, you know, maintain control and dominance of a game. Which is really strange because, you know, part of the Sydney FC DNA is, you know, is to one of their key things is dominate and be proactive. I don't see any dominance. I don't see any proactiveness at all in the, in the, in the opening four rounds. And like uh, Simon Hill confirmed after the final whistle, this is our worst start to the season in a decade. Mm. Like we're going back to arena days and I don't want to be going back to arena days. <laughs> That's yeah, no, one, done it one once. Goal, one goal from open play. Uh, John, another thing that we saw from the grandstand was just the amount of turning over a ball. We turned over so much ball and so cheaply, we just couldn't maintain possession yeah. to save ourselves. And when we had it, we didn't know what to do with it. No, but, and then not knowing what to do with that's another thing. Like, I just didn't find us with any direction, like, there's no kind of Rugby league, they've got halfbacks and five-eighths to direct a team. You know, NFL have got a quarterback and, you know, there's probably other examples in other sports, maybe the netball with the centaur or something. But, yeah, like, and something we've 
saw in previous games, it's just like no one's kind of talking to there's no cohesion. Like, I, I don't know, like bring Ninko in. Don't have him chilling out on the sideline and out on the flanks. Bring him into the middle and he can direct some ball and play to look to play forward. And and that might take a little bit of weight off Retro and Caceres' shoulder. Um, oh, man, like... Yeah. Well, yeah, go to go to a four three three. Have the have your two, have your your two attacking mids play a little bit a bit of even like more narrow it's, as a true a true you know centre mid like actually in the middle of the park. I mean, it's it's something's got to change. Like you said, Sean, something has to change, and it's not you know we've got we've got injury problems. We've got you know obviously you know Rhino out with with COVID all that stuff. We can make excuses about this that and the other in terms of our personnel, but we have enough players um, with big game can, experience that have been exactly in final series so, and the like that's it so that's that's not an excuse um, and certainly not against you know we look look at the opponents that we've played so far do you really think that these guys are gonna these are the best teams in the comp we haven't no. played city yet no imagine if we and go even out victory now as well like exactly imagine if we went out like this in the opening 20 minutes, 30 minutes, like this against City. It would have been an absolute bloodbath against that front. Mm. Babu and Leckie and the like would have been having a field day, and I haven't even mentioned Jamie McLaren. Um, and another thing that was mentioned during the game was um, it came out on, I think it was the forum, Jono, was the combined age of our front three, 107. I always find those stats to be weird. <laughs> like, uh, I, I, yeah. Like, I know a lot of talk about Dad's army and, and listening earlier to Courtney Vine, how she was so excited that Ante Juric had this not a policy, but his philosophy was like a young team with a sprinkle of older heads, so to speak, or some more experienced heads. And, and then just go express yourself, girls. Just, you know, you know how to defend, you know how to pass the ball around, and then just express yourself and give you some freedom. And it just seems to kind of, very much contrast Corica with older players. Yeah. This is how we play and we're going to stick to it. Do we die till we're black and blue in the face? Um, Dono, thoughts and feelings, please, mate. Uh, I'm going to continue rambling. I need my own AM. I just, I just wanted to say, and, and I sort of, I, I think I touched on it when I, Started my own little rant, but um, credit to the Mariners, like they they play good football, hundred percent. They outplayed us, um, you know. And you've got kids in that side, literal, literal kids. Um, you know, we 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 gave Paddy Asbeck his his A League men's debut, which um, which is fantastic. But um, you know, the Mariners had four or five Paddy Asbecks in their starting lineup. You know, like a lot of academy yeah. players that have come through the system, yeah, giving yeah. and they've been giving an opportunity. Whereas, you know, we've seen okay, maybe Ivanovic, but Tilio and you know, Campepion and um, uh, Ryan Teague and the like, you know, look for opportunities elsewhere because um, they weren't necessarily getting it here. So maybe that says a lot about the coaching and recruitment and how they see the starting 11 taking shape each week. Really hard. Just, just really hard to watch, honestly, from the, from the Sydney FC fan point of view. Um, and, 
it's it's obviously the uh, the the pitchforks are coming out uh, online with with the usual bunch, and and you know again to a degree I, I completely sympathise with that. Um, it, it it's not. I I personally appreciate you know gals are coming out and, and and still following the club and and putting that statement out there. Um, you know that's something you shouldn't have to do. Um, yeah. But uh, you know I thought Danny Townsend's tweet pretty much summed it up and, and again, completely open book saying that it's just not good enough. Mm. Uh, that, you know, the players know that, Jules, as you said, the players know that, yeah. the coaches know that, uh, and, and they want a reaction. Um, you know, so this weekend's game, which we'll, we'll talk about momentarily, um, is huge. It's a huge game. Um, but but l- let me just say this. I, I certainly don't think um, that that Steve Corica's job is, is safe for the whole year. Um, there's going to have to be a response and there's going to have to be a turning point. Yes, we've had list problems, um, but then the, the, the off-season work has, has left us exposed, completely exposed. And the worst-case scenario has happened. We've had ACLs. We've had COVID. We've now got a broken leg. Um, there seems to be gastro going through the squad. Um, you know, soon there'll be Socceroos again and there'll be youth internationals. So we haven't done the work for the situation that we find ourselves in and, and, and it's it's being shown um, for everyone to see. So, but I'm, I'm not in the camp that says um, that, that Bimby's a sacred cow and, and that he can't lose his job. I, I, I think that's bullshit. I, I think... If we continue down this trajectory, um, if nothing changes by mid-January, I, I think we'll, we'll, the, the club will be forced into a change. It can't carry on for the rest of the season this one. No, I, I agree. And I think, um, look, I think, to be honest, Corrick is a good, good enough person and, and he's a professional, right? So he'd understand that obviously this can't continue the way it goes. And any manager knows that regardless, look at Frank Lampard, absolute club legend for Chelsea, but it didn't work out. And yes, he didn't win trophies like Corica has, but the thing is, is that it comes to a point where the results aren't matching. And like you said earlier, Sean, um, football is a results-based business. It's as simple as that. So um, look, I think you're, I, John, I don't know. I think you're being a little bit kind there because if we go into the new year without a win, winless, would be seven games without a win, or something yeah. like that. Like that's, I know. Like yeah. you start to get into mid January. If you get into mid January, talking about ten or eleven games without a win, would definitely last. I mean, I don't see it happening. I think we'll break the duck surely. Knock yeah. on every type of wood um, that will get a win within ten games. I don't think. I don't think we're we're that pessimistic here, but um, yeah, just getting a win or a couple wins out of that is not going to be good enough. And we're going to start getting some tough fixtures. Yeah, the, the fixtures, Jules, are going to get tougher with, with City and Victory are playing really well and we'll, we'll play against MacArthur again. We're doing you know, quite well with all things considered. Um, yeah, there is a light at the end of the tunnel, but it all will come down to what Grimby does. And I said earlier, and Prod's past that this season will be the, the biggest test of his character, his coaching character, and what he does. 
or doesn't do because um yeah last sunday was hard to watch extremely hard to watch and especially on a sunday night at 6 15 p.m instead of the original time but but anyway that's another that's another argument uh for paramount plus and cbs um i don't have any votes to give yeah i'm abstaining <laughs> yeah no i think yeah three across the board <laughs> abstaining for that one oh. Can I give them all to Elvis? Because he was the only one who looked like having a bit of energy in him. Yeah, yeah. Another credit to Elvis. Came on energy positive. Can't say a bad word about him again. So, Johnny Warren medalist, here we are. Sean, um, yes, your boy. Your boy, Trent. What's he doing? What's he doing? He's doing a bit fuck all at the moment. But I will say this, and I've said it in the past, so apologies if I sound like a broken record. These players aren't playing where they're best utilised in the, in the formation. So Trent could be better utilised. He, he's not in good form at the moment. He, you know, they, they, they look absolutely clueless in the final third, mm-hmm. absolutely clueless when they're playing forward, when they're moving from the middle to the final third. They just... There's just like no intelligence. And then they get there and they dance around the 18-yard box waiting shoot for something. Yeah, shoot fucking. Yeah. yeah. Fucking. How many times was that yelled out on Sunday? Fucking shoot. Take a shot. But one too many touches, one too many passes. And then there was these, you know, like the the, the cross that Bratz put on for Grant for the, the, oh, for the team. How many times did we try that? Yeah, but we tried that on a handful of occasions and it just wasn't working. Like, it's it's predictable. But it's very predictable. Mariners um, were set up and they just, it wasn't parking the bus, but they just sat there in a very cohesive defensive unit and it was almost like they knew that just let them pass it around. They can knock around, they can have possession and they'll just wait for the mistake, wait for that bad touch, bang, get us on the counter and, and then play forward. Um and that's smart football. Like it may not be pretty, but it gets the job done. So, uh, hats off to the Mariners. They played some good football, and they're yeah. in their own transition period of themselves, of sorts. With with Stadge going after such a great season last year, I wouldn't be surprised if some Mariners fans thought, "Oh, geez, will we be able to live up to last year's? Mm. You know, um, how it all finished for them, and all that." But so far, so good. You know. Um, they, they weren't in a great position on the table before last Sunday's game. So they came out and, and made a statement and there was a reaction. And um, let's hope we get that from our guys this Sunday. Yes. Very quickly, gents. Uh, Jules, I think you were watching at home. Uh, joint press conference. <laughs> uh, somebody needs to be shot for that one. Jesus. <laughs> Like that's pretty awkward, isn't it? I mean, but to be fair, they, had, they actually handled it quite well. I thought. Yeah. I mean, I never want to see it again, ever, ever, ever yeah. again. But it was. They you tried and failed. Yeah. The that's lesson the is never try. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was. It was. I'm assuming it was pretty awkward. But you, you said they did all right. Yeah. No, they did. To be fair, and they, you know, there was you know, a couple of you know, pointy sort of comments towards each other, but nothing that was, you know, offhand or not true. Um, I think Corica, um was a little bit 
full of excuses again. Held back. Um, yeah. Yeah, just just more like, oh, you know, we have to change, players have to change and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, okay. You know, that's great. Yeah, that's that's right. So we actually speak louder than words. Yeah, absolutely. Let's um let's talk about that, Sean. Uh we've got a game this weekend. Sunday night. It is a double header. Um we'll, we'll talk about the, the wonderful pre-game um, later, but Sunday night, 19th of December, uh, 6.45 at Cogra. Um, look, Welly are sitting ninth. They've had a win, a draw, and two losses. Um, they got belted by Jetsalona. 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 Oh, um, they were fantastic last round in Castle Jets, but I digress. Um, Welly aren't particularly well placed either, um, but they're actually playing some good football, like um, Results-wise, isn't crash hot, but I think performance-wise, a bit better. But um, mm. I, I hope, Jules, I hope this is the this is the game where we break our duck because I think anything less than a win, I think even getting a draw in the coming two three game, you know games before the end of the, the end of the year, anything less than a win will feel like a loss, like won't feel like moving forward. Yeah, no, nah, 100%. And they're not going to roll over and give it to us because, like you said, Sean, they've been playing pretty well. I don't think the results have really uh, reflected necessarily how to... I mean, they got spanked by Jets and Jets were just different gravy um, yeah. that game. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. But they've got some, you know, some really dangerous players. You know, the Wayne plane is, is flying high at times. Um, <laughs> and David Ball is still very good. You know, you've got Piscopo as well, which I, I rate him quietly. Yeah. So, look, they're not going to be a pushover. And, um, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what Steve... Um, rolls out in the starting lineup um, come this Sunday. Uh, would you expect him to make changes? I don't know, guys. I don't think he will. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, it's almost at that stage where he has to, right? Like, well, it, has, it was the article with us that we read out last week where he says, I'm paraphrasing, but we don't change. I'm not changing anything. We're imagine, not imagine, yeah. imagine we see what we saw on Sunday again. Same lineup. Yeah. Harry van der Sark starting and right back despite getting yeah. walking to the ball, same sideways movement, same, you know, one possession at the top of the box. Let's shift it out to the side and cross it in to nobody. Like yeah, it, I mean, we can't. You can't take. You can't take that much more. And then, then just a comment on the Knicks, um, guys, because I've seen, I watched a fair bit of them this year, and I agree that they've been okay. Um, they got absolutely robbed against uh, the Scum uh, Wanderers. They they should have they should have got a result there. Um, but to get beaten by them, that that sort of does tell you a little bit about how how the Knicks are going. Um, Newcastle, as you said, Jules, were absolute flames uh, on that night. And um, it'll be very interesting to see because what I did notice was that um, the ball movement the Jets were able to, you know, um, pr- produce, the Knicks were at sixes and sevens. They had absolutely nothing in response. And they were standoff and, and sort of trying to sit deep to, to try and figure out what was going on. And, and Newcastle just made them look very silly and very average. Yeah. So 
I'll be interested to see how that translates against us. Um, our ball movement has been torrid. Um, and, yeah. you know, so it could be a very scrappy game, this one. Um, something's, something's got to change. I just don't know what, but then I'm not... I'm not a full-time professional coach. So. I just think he'll yell at them a lot in the change room and that's about it. I reckon they'll just cut out the same stuff and just, like, try to increase the intensity at training and, and on, in the sheds before the game. But I still think – I think the only may, maybe changes he'll make is I think you'll see Donicky start. And yeah. I think – I think I still think Bobo will start, even though I think you should put Pat Wood up front Yeah. Bobo. I still think he'll go, oh, you know, it was his first game back and he was a bit rusty. He did fuck all Boba. He barely touched the yeah. ball. Um, but I don't think you'll see anything tactically different. I don't think you'll see a formation that's different. Um, I just think we'll see more of the same. I don't think yeah. he knows what he's doing. Yeah, I think we'll go the usual 4 2 2, two um, and... I agree, Sean. I think it'll only be Donicky would be the most obvious that comes in, and that's even if he does that, because I could see him just rolling out the same um, with no changes. So, yeah, uh, look, oh, I'm not too sure. I'm not. I'm really not too optimistic about the game, which is funny because Wellington coming up four 0 loss. Um, any other season, you'd be just rubbing your hands together and saying, right, okay. Lovely three points here. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm not sure. What do you what do we reckon, guys, like in terms of final thoughts on the game, they, predictions? They've fielded a pretty strong lineup tonight against Davendale in the Cup, and, and that might be something that goes in our favour. Um, a few tied legs. But, again, we, we're going to have to occasionally – caress the ball towards their goal um, as, uh, as it not was a, so nicely. Yeah. Uh, it's not a strength of ours. No, that's right. So uh, that, that might come into, into our favour. Um, I'm not looking forward to the game at all. Um, I, I think it will be quite dour. And um, this is me being optimistic, a 1-1 draw. Very optimistic that we'll score and that we'll get a result. Uh, um, I think, uh, I think we'll, yeah, I think we'll. It'll be a nil all draw. I, I can't see us scoring if I, I'm predicting we go in the same lineup. I don't see us, uh, you know, have enough to to break them down. Like you said, Jono, um, they struggled with you know quick transition, positive transition, and you know ball movement. We're not doing that. It's not part of our, our game at the moment. Um, so I just think that we, we will play it will play right into their hands if, if they are a little bit more organised and, and sitting a bit deeper. And, yeah, we'll struggle again. So nil all. I'm going to say one nil. Uh, I think we'll break our duck. I don't think it's going to be pretty. Um, might be a bit of a scrappy goal and maybe some... No, don't, don't. Piss me off like that. That's not right. You know me better than that. Don't. <laughs> don't joke about it. Don't. Not fair. No, don't. Uh, 
at this rate, I'll take anyone who scores. Um, <laughs> I'll give you give it L, but so you can do some backflips. Uh, yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. Anyway, the main event is before that. Yes. Yes. Um, the main event. So they come for the main event, the A League Women's beforehand against the Knicks for history. And then uh, you get bonus game with the men's afterwards. That's how I see it. Yeah. Or leave early and avoid disappointment. Yeah. True. Beat, beat the traffic. Yeah, beat the traffic oh. home. Go home happy. Get oh, going up to the clubhouse. Um, but look, they're playing beforehand five minutes past four o'clock at Cogra. Look, we're sitting first, or so a bit of goal difference with victory. At the moment, they're sitting eighth. They had a bit of a spanking against the, the Jets Alona, Jets Alona with Emily Van Eggen. <laughs> Um, in the lineup, look, I, I think the girls will, will look. I, and you know how they say sometimes the more you win, the closer you are to a loss. I don't think this is the case with our girls. I'm not saying uh, they're just a bloody well coached, they're a well oiled machine. Um, off the field, you know, Courtney said earlier, the girls just get along so well, they're all friends. Enjoy each other's company, and then you just see that on the field. They just play very confident, positive, happy football, and just like they're all working hard, but it just looks quite effortless. They make 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 it look like they're not even really trying hard, but that they are. So, I reckon the girls. I reckon Ante will wheel out the exact same starting eleven. There's no reason to change it. Absolutely not. You might get a few little changes off the bench. Maybe Rojas maybe gets a bit of a go off the bench if she's on the bench. Um, but otherwise, why would you change if it ain't broken? And boy, it ain't. It's um, pristine at the moment with those three up front, those three in the middle, and those wonderful four. And, and then we forget about Jada, but she hasn't had to do much, thankfully. Let's hope she doesn't. Yeah. Uh, I, I think you're right. Sean, I cannot see any other result except they're a pretty resounding thing here. Um, they're just, like you said, well-oiled. They're not missing a beat. Everywhere across the park, you look, there's quality and everybody uh, seems to be, you know, enjoying their football and, and, and just doing their role to, you know, the absolute pinnacle of what we're seeing in the league so far. So, I, I look. I think it's. I think it's going to be a pretty easy win potentially. Um, I know that Courtney said they're, they're they're quite a physical team. So just if you're listening, Wellington players, which you're probably not. So fair enough. But take it easy on Courtney because um, she is our favourite. And um, yeah, exactly. And if you don't, you probably have us to answer to. But that's all right. Um, yeah. Look, I think I, I'm predicting probably about a, a three. Or a, I'll go. You know what? No, I'll go 4 0. Yeah, I was going to say two Jules, 4 0 win. Yeah. Courtney Vine Brace, gents. Oh, love that. Or maybe a, a cross shot from Remy as well. <laughs> now the yes. Pushkas. Maybe. What do you reckon about the score, Jenna? You just clean sheet and three goals? Uh, Courtney Brace, uh, Remy 2, and I reckon another one from uh, Paige Satchel late. So five. Very specific. All right. I'll take that. All right. That's Thanks. it. That's us for another week. Um, absolute pleasure, absolute highlight um, of, of the season so far um, to, to have. Courtney Vine on, um, and uh, again, thanks to the club for helping us get that organised. 
uh, very, very helpful um, when we when we make requests. And uh, again, it's nice to have something positive come out of today's pod, which which it certainly was that. And uh, do get out. We we sort of said a bit lightly, uh, you know, the pregame, but by all means, it's the main event at the moment, gents. So get out there a little bit early, uh, catch the girls, uh, and, and and enjoy watching some fantastic Sydney FC football. Um, and hopefully the men, you know, back it up and, and, and start to turn something around and, and we get a positive result there. We'll be back next week. Um, we might be a little bit sporadic during the Christmas and New Year period, but we'll, we'll do our very best to bring you um, quality, quality podcasts every week focusing on Sydney FC. And, uh, again, we might have another very special guest uh, next week on the pod. Uh, so keep your... Keep your eyes and ears out on the socials for that. For now, gents, we'll say goodnight and um, see you at the game on Sunday.